I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Well, if you couldn't express yourself, how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing, and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy? Well, if you're going crazy, here's something amazing. Welcome to episode 214. On this show, I'm going to take you on a little trip to South Haven, Michigan to talk to a couple men who are working to bring back their family's loom company. And for many of you out there, you may have heard about this. The company is called Magar Norwood Loom Company. It's based in South Haven now, but the original Magars who were involved in this company, Wallace and Melvina Magar, they ran it out of Baldwin, Michigan. And then the company um, then was sold, uh, Wallace sold it to a loom maker in Fremont. And then uh, after that, the company actually went overseas and production kind of slowed down. And now a man in his 20s, the great grandson of Wallace McGar, Michael, he actually goes by Mike. So we'll call him Mike for the purposes of this show. Mike is working on bringing the company back and he's working with his dad, Terry, on this effort. So we had a really fun chat. I drove down and thought, geez, I I really want to meet these guys because I'm now the president of the Woodland Weavers and Spinners Guild here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I'm planning all the programming for next year. And so I thought, wow, this could be kind of cool to do a a program on loom making and talk to some local Michigan-based loom makers. So that's going to be a really fun program we're going to have in the fall. Mike is definitely having, you know, it's kind of a slow climb to get this company up and running again because there's a lot of things you have to overcome. He does not have, doesn't have his great-grandfather's plan, so he's basically looking at these looms that were built and recreated them. And Terry uh, taught shop for many years, so he is a very skilled woodworker, and clearly it runs in the family because his son... You can tell he has some amazing woodworking skills. They're currently, if you look at their website, they're currently on a break right now to retool things and kind of get set up. They were working out of Terry's basement, and it looks like they're trying to get an external shop. So while they're on a break, and it sounds like that's gonna, they're gonna be working on that. Um, you know, Mike's gonna be getting things ready and hopes to be back up and running in the fall. Uh, I thought it'd be a good time to tell you guys the story of what he's trying to do. So. I'm going to let them tell you their story, and I would say settle in with a project. You don't have to be weaving. You can be doing anything. You might not want to be, normally I say, hey, you know, get grab a drink, you know, pour some tea. You might not want to do that for this one because you might be prone to spit take because these there's a few times in there where we get some pretty loud laughter going. So just be forewarned, you know, if you're working on something real delicate and I want you to ruin your watercolor painting or something because you just spit your tea all over it because you're laughing too hard. Um, So just be forewarned that there's some pretty funny parts coming up. And uh, now I've just put a ton of pressure on us. So hopefully you guys think it's funny too, because I know we laugh pretty good. Um, So anyway, uh, let's get to that interview. 
So we're here today to talk about the Magar Norwood Loom Company that you guys are bringing back after a bit of a hiatus. So, it, yeah. so um, Terry, maybe we can start with you. Sure. For, and this is your grandfather's. Yeah, grandfather Wallace Magar, and he started the business. Well, actually, going back further, he was a furniture uh, manufacturer in Cadillac, Michigan, and it was a time when all the machinery ran off from a. a huge flywheel. Mm -hmm. And you can find that flywheel now in uh, Grand Rapids Public place. Museum. If you go up the steps to the furniture mm -hmm. exhibit, there's a flywheel. And that's from the St. John's uh, Table Company. And it probably sat for decades. And that was the factory that he worked at. Oh, wow. And he was a foreman there. And then with the Depression, it, being a man of, of principle, he quit during the middle of the, the Depression because it was bought out and run into the ground and he could not see that happen. So he, he, quit, a, he quit his job in the, in the middle of the Depression. Well, it went under you know, shortly right, after. Right, right. And then I think for years, they, they, the Depression was very difficult for my, my father's family, for his, his, his family and my grandfather. But in 1951, is it, Michael? Or yeah, 53, He had an opportunity to buy a loom company um, that uh, made hand-weaving looms. Uh, and he, he bought that, and I believe he, he came up with his own design, went from, like, pine and cheaper woods and ended up with um, a, a beautiful cherry that he would get, I believe, from Canada to northern Michigan. And everything was solid wood. There was no plywood, no veneers, anything. And he designed this loom to be folded so it could travel. And um, it had a pretty successful business. Just he was the, the loom, uh, you and know. What was the name of the company that he oh, bought? Like, it was, yeah, I'm sorry. He, it was Norwood Loom Company. And I think he bought the, the was it a trademark or whatever that might have been? Copyright? Yeah, yeah. yeah. patent on it at that time, too. And so yeah. he bought it from, who did he buy it from? Um, <laughs> it was in Chicago. From an old guy. <laughs> yeah, Some guy old guy. Yeah. So, yeah. But yes, I guess out of Chicago, that's kind of fuzzy. Okay. But then uh, my grandmother discovered weaving, and it's, it's an incredible, Melvina Magar, incredible passion for weaving, and would talk to us about it all the time. She would teach weaving in the uh, summertime. But he bought the business, and then she got into weaving, or was she into weaving? Already? I think she started weaving with the, the okay. start of the business, and, and she'd say, well, Wally... Uh, he tried to keep all the numbers and business in his head, and it just wasn't working. So I took over all the finances <laughs> in the ordering. And she was, and my grandfather, well, okay, you know. And so, um, anyway, uh, they would, you know, they they made the looms. And and one little story about my grandfather is uh, one time I must have been 10, 11 years old, and I said, Grandpa, who makes the best looms in the world? You know, one of those questions. And he goes, very modest. He goes, Well, there's a guy in Norway that makes one but they're not that good and then uh, there's some guy in Ohio I've seen his and he doesn't even use hardwood and so I guess if it really comes down to it I guess I make the best room in the world now go play or whatever <laughs> so, but uh, anyway you at least mention other people he well, at least acknowledged. Yeah, he acknowledged there were other looms. And but they weren't the, that good. No, his loom was, and, you know, it's okay, Grandpa, we got, but our job is, is there's my, my cousins, my sister, um, extended family. In the summers especially, we would help in the shop. And not being 18, he would have us paint on the boiled linseed and turpentine. But I guess we thought it was boiled linseed, but they actually literally boiled this stuff. And then oh, wow. we would paint it on the wood and the cherry in it, which is come to this golden, golden, beautiful. And right, yeah. and I restore floors and, and repair floors, and I love to show the people, this is what your floor's going to look like. Yeah, right? it's pretty exciting. And uh, so we would do that, and my grandmother would teach weaving, and uh, even my parents would help out. But uh, 
And, uh, and he went on and he sold the company in 1973. And I think he had hoped that maybe one of the grandkids would maybe take it over. But we were all maybe 15, 16 years old, and we didn't realize what a gem this was. Right. So he sold it, the company to, uh, um, what town is that? Um, Fremont. Yeah, a company in Fremont. Johnson's, I believe. Johnson's, okay. So where and was he when he was running the business? Where was he? What oh, city oh was Baldwin, he? Michigan. Oh, he was of in Baldwin. Of all places, okay. yeah. Okay. Baldwin, Michigan. And they were really quite very active in, in uh, rotary and, and oh, okay. things. And, and Involved my, in the community. Yeah. My grandmother was quite well known. <laughs> Could be a little bit uh, forward in her comments and such, if you know what I mean. She's also Some people call it honest, you know. Honest, yeah. yeah also a direct descendant of the McCoy. <laughs> feel this is the truth. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and we saw, especially in her brothers, uh, we saw uh, some of that fire that you might expect in the McCoy Hatfield group. But um, <laughs> and so he sold the, he sold the company and uh, was quite disappointed. No, actually, I think he passed before the, the quality of the loom really went down. Okay. And they started using other, word, other woods and different designs, and, and my understanding is my son knows really, I guess from here on, probably the person to talk to might be my, my son because his, well, his great-grandfather, uh, you know, in a sense, passed it on to you, would you say? Kind of indirectly, it's coming back to you. So yes, it went to, yeah. after it went to Fremont, they yes. sold, did they sell it? I think you mentioned that they sold it to a company yes. overseas. Yeah, they went to Norway shortly after that, and they were making them out of birch and ash and just really poor quality, just not there. Um, and then Were they calling them Norwoods still? They were yeah. still called Norwood yeah, looms. Okay. They were, they're mostly the uh, folding X-frame style, like workshop, I believe. Okay. But they weren't using the McGar name, though? No. No. Okay. no. And uh, we had to do that for some copyright reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, um, then Webbs bought it after that, and I don't think they did much with it. But as far as I know, it all went down 99. Okay. last thing was heard of it. And then when exactly did you decide, and what made you decide that you wanted to bring this back? Well, these, a bunch of ladies down in Georgia contacted me. <laughs> so it's, it's the ladies in Georgia. <laughs> How old are these ladies? We're, we're sitting in your garage in, in South Haven, and it's all because of some ladies in Georgia. Oh, because of the ladies. Send them a thank you card or something. Oh, What's I going do. On? So, okay, so the ladies in Georgia. It just kind of is like, are you related to the original Megars that ran the Norwood? And I was like, well, I am an original Megar. <laughs> Yes, yes, <laughs> the originals, yes. <laughs> and I said yes, and they wanted some handles made for their looms. And then, uh, remember, it took forever, and I got it because I had a horrible eye injury at the time. Because I got a shard of steel lodged in my eye from making one of those. That, yeah. Oh my gosh. And, so, so it wasn't a good time for you. It wasn't a good time it's for you. But I made her some handles, and surprisingly, it actually worked. And then uh, a bunch of other ladies just came with me. It's like, I need a handle, too. And I need a handle. They're all ladies from Georgia? Well, down south, one in Arizona, I think. So anyone south of Michigan is, <laughs> anyone a, is south a lady Michigan. from Georgia. <laughs> 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 we don't no, Georgia. Thank you, lady from Georgia. <laughs> uh, no, it's Donna, and she's a very sweet lady. But yeah. she's from Georgia, for real? From Georgia. Oh, she's originally from Michigan. The first lady, though, is from Georgia. She's from Georgia. Okay. She, she, okay. And then so the originally from Michigan. Word, word spread. The word spread. She said where she got her handles from, and then everyone else wanted to and get then, some too. Before you know it, and I had a lot of lot of hiccups off the beginning. That was for sure. Trying to get because a lot of stuff we just can't get anymore, and we have to modify it. And sometimes it works, and sometimes you it doesn't. It? 
Yes, fabricate custom componentry. So we've had a, we got it down pretty well now, but luckily people were very patient with us in working through the bumps. As one person, I must have set three different handles, so we finally got one that would work right. And then uh, a lot of research and development. And then it slowly just picked up and picked up, and then before you know it, I was like, well, let's try making a loom. And it worked. I am still to this day just blown away by how my son took something that basically made it from scratch by looking at one of my grandfather's looms and said, I think I'll make a loom. And it's as if my grandfather passed on some gene to him, which is possible, that he creates it and it's as beautiful as my grandfather's. I, I swear I know as a father, you know, I, I, I'm so proud of him, but it, even if I wasn't, it's just a beautiful piece of work. Yeah, they are beautiful. Yeah. And, and my extended family, the drillings and, and Magars that are around, we're all very much just very pleased that this is going on, you know. Yeah. And, and hopefully he can continue to pursue this dream. And when did you start? It was last fall, I think, or, or summer. Some late, late it's summer. It's been about huh? a year. <laughs> Been about a year, yeah. You, you sure? So I don't know. My memory's going. Turpentine. <laughs> With the boiled linseed oil. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure I lost your brain cells from that. But uh, yeah, we started that, and then I just started making accessories. You know, tension boxes and uh, little warp boards, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting requests for looms, and then so I like, well, let's give it a try. And we got one that worked, and she loves it. Says it runs like a dream. I had another one go out. She said she didn't like the color of the wood, so it came right back. <laughs> so it's so it's kind of a well. It's a hard thing to get back to get up and running again. It's that challenge because it's yeah. been people are, have not been able to buy yeah. Norwood in Michigan for many years. But if I can may I ask too, is you've seen the loom that came back? Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I just need to make sure that's clear that it, the figuring in the wood and, and such is just good. Yeah, no, I think sometimes. Um, yeah, there's there's always challenges when you're trying to do something. You yeah. Because if you if, if it's one thing to continuously like inherit a business, yes. from someone in your family, but to have it go out of the family and then to have to, yeah. did you guys have to buy it back from somebody or how does that work? We were working on a deal with Webs and we we're supposed to give them a seven percent royalty up until fifteen thousand is reached. And then I asked him about the assets for the company and he never got back with me. Okay. So it's still kind of up in the air. But you're trying to um, bring it back. But they weren't calling it Magar. No. The name, no, I'm just asking, because I don't think your name was on the Norwoods when, no. during the time when you weren't produ your family wasn't producing them. No, I, com I completely did a separate entity with the business, just, okay. just to be safe. We, don't, we have a whole new logo, new everything. Totally Do you have your business. grandfather's plans for, for looms, or are you just looking at his old looms? Uh, we got some stuff, but for the most part, I just, just take them, took them apart, measured everything tooth and nail, and then being a retired teacher, don't have the money that that I could invest in his business. The best I can do is to help him out, and so this is all my son. This mm -hmm. is this is something he's taken from scratch, and so it's it's exciting to see that. I just sometimes I wish that I had some more capital. But, well, it sounds like though you taught which I mean you taught the yeah. woodworking skills. So did he learn this from you or did he? Well, all except the measuring part. Um, <laughs> I have a, this is another story. I'm, uh, I taught math with a learning disability math, and that's the truth. But um, I think so. What do you think? Did you learn anything from me? Yeah. I set myself up for that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe so. I mean, um, there's 
you know, all humans have the, uh, a need to be creative. In our family, it runs very strong. Yeah, he, it sounds yeah, like yeah. it. Yeah. And he was always put up with my crazy projects growing up around the house. I'd always be working on something. I'd be a motorcycle, woodworking, whatever. I'd always have something torn apart. And now you do, you do a lot of sculptural pieces, it sounds like, when you're not making looms. Yeah, I, I go back to my metal art. I do incorporate wood with it. In fact, I was the first one... In my high school wood shop to combine wood and steel, and they absolutely hated it. And now I made a company on that. You're <laughs> like, they hate it. I think yeah. they're going to oh, go with We're a living paradox, I guess. It, it, it's, it's so, yeah, that's right. You wood shop teacher. They, oh, he hated what did you, that. What did thing. you make, though? What I made a it? steamer trunk, but it was half brass, half cherry. And, and he was uh, like, and he was kind of like, "What was going on? Did you like it, or did you not?" Like I, it? I did. I, I liked it. I thought, it, well, it's kind of part of the. I have to like it because it's well, yeah, it's your pushing kids, that yeah. direction. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and the shop teacher, I was middle school and high school shop teacher. Um, we just had different philosophies, he, you know, and I, he had all the nice material too. So. But it's, so it sounded like you made this and it didn't get a great response. But you you knew though that this is what you wanted to do with your life. I just I don't know when. When someone puts us down, I like to prove them wrong. I just kind of got that philosophy. Yeah, well, they say that actually the best, it's you want people to either love your work or hate it. You don't want the in-between. Exactly. Because if, if you're an artist and people are like, eh, whatever, and they just keep walking. Yeah. If you're like, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen, or yeah. I love it, that's kind of... you're talking about emotion, and you want some kind of Well, it's of supposed to evoke reaction. something. Right, yeah. and if it doesn't evoke anything, then it's probably really unsuccessful. So it sounds like you get some strong... Negative emotions. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a really nice way to look at it. Well, now yeah. I got art pieces hanging around all over town that are wood and metal combined. Well, and Sagatuck is an art town, and your stuff is in galleries in Sagatuck? Yeah, that, and there's Which, a lot of local what, what here. What galleries too. can people find your work in? Well, there, it's closed down now, but it was Water Street. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, I was looking at it, it is in galleries? Used to be. It used to be. Might still be in a gallery, just locked Well, the thing is, I don't know what happened to half of my art. They closed down, I never saw it. Are you kidding me? So, but it, whatever, oh. I don't have much into it, well, so you, I'm not worried about it. Do you sell it. directly to people? Because it sounds like you were doing an arch for a winery or something, you said? Yeah, I do a little bit of both. I, do con- I mostly do contract stuff. Like, they bring me a rough design and then say, go nuts with it. And okay. I say, how nuts do you want me to go with? Well, in, in being a small town, too, the word of mouth is incredible around here. Oh, yeah, people just know yeah. who does this stuff. And there's a, a huge, uh, what would you say, art community? South Haven, Saugatuck, Douglas. South Haven, not so much. It's kind of borderline, but Saugatuck for sure. If you want to see some beautiful art, yeah. go there. Maybe South Haven's more writers, and you read so but often, you know. There are well, there's a decent amount of painters here, like a really painters, big, yeah. really big yeah, painting yeah. community. A lot of murals and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're kind of art, no? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm more in the sculpture kind of art. Yeah. And. Uh, but I don't, there's a couple different types of metal art. There's a lot of people who just find like oddball junk and stick it together and make an art. I, do, <laughs> I don't do that. I do everything from scratch. I do everything brand new steel, just completely from scratch. It's okay. just, just my personal taste. Yeah. And so where do you, where, do you collect the stuff yourself? Like do you display it around your house? Or, oh, my, yeah. I got an entire yard full of stuff that never sold. <laughs> yeah, and we've, we've had some, when he was welding here in my house, we had a few words from time to time because there would be a grease handprint on the side <laughs> on the side of the doors. <laughs> it, it, it's come on, you know. And my tools would tend to be not where they used to be, and still are not where they used to be. So you know those kind of things. But it was yeah. I think he would go back for from his house to my house, and um, my wife and I, you know, and and work on it. And we're I'm just so glad you're not doing so much welding because that. 
black junk would get all over. Oh, well, it's dirty. Because you don't have to yeah. weld the looms. No, no welding. So required. it sounds like this is kind of a. Well, don't give them ideas. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all steel loom. <laughs> well, I thought about doing one out of aluminum. Three times the steel, yeah, yeah. Yeah. steel magnolia yeah. loom. <laughs> and see if you oh, sell it yeah, to the, the ladies down yeah. in down in Georgia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wonder if Julia Roberts knows how to weave. She knits. Julia Roberts yeah, knits. I heard that. Yeah. You know, if we cool. did make it out of steel, we could potentially do like a 14, 16 foot loom. Well, Where would you know. build that? Thank you for putting that idea to us. Just think about a 16 <laughs> foot loom. You could yeah. know how much fabric you make off of that one run. I've been looking to do a supersized weaving in art price for a long time. Well, you should do so, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, I struggle to find people that will go along with my crazy oh, ideas. I think it'd be yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, you were in the right place. I mean, there's no limits to what... Well, like, I think yeah. it'd be cool to have a loom that could be outdoors all the time. Yeah, dude. Are I'm, you trying to get him to make a steel Bring me some plants. Yeah, bring me some plants. Well, yeah, you know, what would you do when it rained, though, if you have material on there? Well, you'd have to use materials that could handle it. Yeah, aluminum or stainless. Aluminum it wouldn't work. be like the most satisfying like weaving experience. Well, I think of the artwork you could do. It would be awesome. It'd be you know, use different like copper, brass wire. Wow. Yeah. It could be done. It could be done. Aluminum. I'd say you do aluminum, but the problem you'd have to clear because aluminum corrodes really easily. Well, if, unless you want that. No, you don't want to oh, get no, in I'm that fabric. About, I'm talking about the thread that would weave through the loom. If you took, um, you know, wire went down to. Steel supply, got yourself a different wire, wove that. You'd have to have a loom with really strong whatever that stuff is. You'd have yeah. to weld them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can okay. be done. <laughs> you, <laughs> and it probably okay. should be at your can we, make, house. can we get something straight here? Before before he builds this thing, which I know he's going to now. Um, I might just have to do that. That's then, a good idea. Then, then he, he does all the welding at his house and not my house. Right, right. I'm good with that. Right. And maybe showers before he comes over right. here. You know, you don't have to. So do you have a there. welding studio at your house? Yes. It's uh, a very crappy looking shed, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. There's like sparks flying out of it. Oh, outside. yeah. It's got a cool looking place that he has. He and I both restored a, uh, I don't know how old the floor is, a Douglas fir floor. Oh, wow. It was one of our first, and it just, it, we're so proud of that. It was originally a summer cottage. It was built in like, the turn of the century and then at some point probably 80 somebody did a very poor attempt to turn it into a family home so now we're turning it back into the cottage yeah oh okay kind of from the foundation up oh, yeah wow. you know, yeah yeah that's it's 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 you know the, the what is it the story the crooked man with the crooked house yeah and so it's pretty crooked but yeah, that's a, we've been able to trick the eye a little bit with, but you're able to make it work yeah. well it sounds like you guys have the skills to do that I don't know. If uh, we we kind of learn as we go for yeah, a lot yeah, of that yeah. stuff, and uh, like yeah. we just learned, electrician. <laughs> I have well, no, yeah, I, I wired the, the two twenty once. No, not never a shock from two twenty. Oh yeah, that's but, not fun. Um, Trust me. The thing is that 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 uh, I don't know if you picked up on this. Maybe you have the, the blessing for me as his father is just the fun we have doing stuff. We hit junk stores. <laughs> we hit flea markets. We go to the tractor shows. And I'm really close with my daughter, my wife and I too, but it's a different relationship, you know, right. as you would know. And, and I'll, just, I'll tell people too, we're sitting in the garage that's very, very clean. Yes, thank very, you. Very, very clean. Like, my yeah. garage is not yeah. as clean. Yeah, I'm it's not a lot of work in here usually. No, it's very nice. Yeah. So yeah. I just thank want you. to say that because people are like, oh, we, gotta, we collect all these treasures. Oh, people yeah. are like, how much crap oh, is around yeah. them right now? Nothing. No, no, it's no, no. Nice. This is, yeah, this is, that's the thing is I, I do not like clutter at all. And, um, you know, but yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. 
And because uh, when you buy, you don't buy large quantities. You just no. find something, you fix it up, and then when it's done, exactly. you buy another one. Well, I guess you know they talk about people being creative. With me, it's to take something and make it beautiful again. Mm-hmm. And and my son's that way too. You know. Well, I mean that is like a conversation piece. Just looking oh. at the tool, you know, where you, yeah. no one's going to gather around a Dewalt. No, from like Home yeah. Depot and be like, wow. That's I guess that's they might true, be like maybe like, hey, that's kind of cool, but that's yeah. a yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So you guys like to do that. So I think it kind of lends itself back to. What's going out the looms? Because oh, he yeah. was showing me that he uses a uh, some really old equipment. And the hand the, planers and stuff he does, yeah. Well, and then isn't the saw one of the saws your grandfather? Yeah, saw? that the old craftsman, that yeah. 1951 on that. He, it's his great grandfather's also. Sometimes people get, but it's 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 my great grandfather. His great grandfather born like in. 1907, I okay. believe. And he was the same gentleman started the... He yeah, the Wall Spagar is the one that started So his great-grandfather's... The, to have the equipment, that's yeah. kind of really something else. Well, that, that uh, he's got a cast iron craftsman table saw that cuts beautifully. I mean, it's so heavy, you don't have to worry about the the uh, um, the guides getting, you know, pushed right, around and stuff. Right, it's not going to move. Yeah, and... Um, it's just not fun to move around the shop. No, that so. stays in my basement. And he does have a DeWalt over at his house. Right. It's a nice saw, too, so... Um, yeah, we, we slowly have to upgrade here and there. Well, especially if you're going to be doing more of this, you'll probably find that as it grows, you'll expand your, your when tools. I, yeah. When I bought a new joiner with uh, safety guards, I lobbed my finger off about last month. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, after you lobbed his finger off. After yeah. I lobbed oh, my finger off. Okay. They, they sewed it back on. It was the tip, which is good. Yeah, and then part of this one. But oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was it's, cool. a, it's a rite of passage as a woodworker cut a finger off at some point. Yeah, I think that's why I try to delegate out some <laughs> stuff that I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Oh, so you cut something off? Well, too. this I got about cut my thumb off, and I was walking in to the emergency room, and they looked at me because I had my tie on and stuff. They said, "Chop, teacher." <laughs> <laughs> got me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. That just seems like a really. I teach journalism, so teaching shop seems like the scariest. Well, you know thing what? To teach. I don't mean, but what happens is. And, and this is a case where I just about, I had a, a utility knife, and I was scoring, and we were snapping um, uh, plexiglass. And what happens is, is, people tell you, you teach with your ears. So uh, the, everything that's going on in the shop, you hear something that's not right. And then you're like, you look and over. And you turn over and zip, there it goes. So, if you, you know, you have a number of shop teachers that after 30 years, they might miss a finger or two. But it's not because necessarily they're clumsy and don't know what they're doing. It's because something happened in the shop that... That startled them or scared them, and, and they reacted to it. You know? Right. No, I'm just saying yeah. from this teacher perspective of teaching the students. You people yeah. come in who don't know what they're doing, and yeah. that would I, I oh. teach people how to go out and report. Yes. Yes. What would scare me though is, and that people think that's a little crazy because in three weeks' time yeah. I go from you have never written a story for publication to publishing. Oh and that's very yeah. quick, and the administration gets a little nervous sometimes when they send rookies out. Yeah. But to teach someone how to use saws and yeah. all this equipment that could hurt them, oh, I yeah. think that's a real talent to be able to do that yeah. in a safe way and not well, have parents coming in saying, hey, my, yeah. my son lost his finger. Well, if they only knew that I had no, oh, I don't know if I should say this, <laughs> I have no certification <laughs> <laughs> teaching woodshop, we just kind of fell into it. But the, the, what I would do, and this is a few years back now, as I really made it a point to get the girls involved. I wanted them to know what it's like to saw something on a jigsaw, or um, not not the huge things. Right. None of my students really use those. We weren't that well equipped. But um, you know, the thing that scared me the most, all the the time that I did that, and it was my fault. So stupid. We had drill press, 
and mm -hmm. we were drilling some holes into some wood, and there was a girl with hair about your length. Oh, if you have your hair down, you can't. Yeah, hair. and she, I pulled her away in time, but I thought, oh my gosh, how would I tell a parent, you know, that that, that got tangled up in her hair? Oh you know, gosh, they, yeah. They pulled some hair out, but um, yeah, it was it was. I, I, I taught for three years, and I can't think of, of a more rewarding time. But so when he came to you, do you remember when he came to you and said, "Hey, I think I'm going to make looms." I can tell you the day that I that I saw he was about halfway through. Yeah. And my jaw dropped. Was a big one. It was a uh, no. It was a little twenty-four. It's just in Ohio right yeah. now. It's in Ohio. Oh, it's, one, it's what you sold it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I almost cried. It was so to me. It was so beautiful, and to know that that it was something that my grandfather, my, my grandfather, mm -hmm. his great father, grandfather had so much pride in. And then to tell my cousins and my aunt, who's still alive, right. um, what was going on. And wow, you know. So yeah, that, and then from there he just kept going. And I, 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 I don't know, I, I just, you never want to tell your children not to take a gamble and not to follow your dreams. Right. And I'm so glad he did. And it's it's been a gamble. For the most part it's been good, but mm -hmm. there's been a lot of hiccups over the way. What do you hope happens next? As long as I'm not welding and doing this, I will be perfectly happy. That's so what I'm hoping for. So you have this turn into a full-time thing? It was full-time until we had a little mishap. And so it's part-time right now. But I'd like to see it turn into something, you know. So are you going to start, you think you're going to start weaving? Eventually, I'd like to work up past the crappy placemat uh, yeah. skill level to maybe do some tartans or something someday. Yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, I know enough to test them out, but I never really had an opportunity to sit around and play with one. I've spent all my time making them. Yeah, no, you definitely have to. Right maybe both something. of you guys will start a weaving business. I'd just as soon not weave. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why not? Why? What is it about well, it's, it? It's, it was perfect for my grandmother because her, her, her form of creativity was very, um, what's the word I want to use? Is it linear or where, where she would take and she would purposely divide it up mathematically, for right. example. Right. There's tons of math involved in Yeah. You can get pretty complex with your no. weaving. Yeah. If you recall, I was telling you, I have a learning disability in math. So you so really don't want to do no. any... I, 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 you know, as a teacher, it was fine because I could connect with the kids that had difficulty. But um, I never had an interest in weaving. There's, it's very tedious, for one thing, mm -hmm. and as you know. And I really appreciate it. It just is not something that I'm drawn to. I'd be great if my son wants to do it. You know? Yeah. Well, I own a loom company. I might as well weave, <laughs> too. Well, I don't well, know, I don't know yeah. if your great-grandfather wove. I don't know. He, he knew like, how to. But yeah. I don't think he did. He never... He was more like you. He wanted to build it. Build yeah. It. Well, it's I a, think that's pretty typical. I, a, I think a, I yeah. think most people who build... I don't think most people who build looms that sit down and weave all oh. the time. I haven't really met anybody oh, that does, okay. like, floor loom type of construction and then also is a big-time weaver. Yeah, because so yeah. their business would probably go under because they wouldn't want to like stop weaving. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, like you can't do <laughs> both of those. I'm, just a, I'm taking that now into flooring. If if you well no I never mind I I I've lost my connection on that one. But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, because you, they, they'd be weaving all the time and be like, hey, this is really fun. <laughs> yeah. And someone's like, hey, can you make me a loom? Be like, no, I'm weaving. Yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. so so it's yeah. probably yeah, for the best that you're you know, not completely into it. Um, what do you want people to know about this company? Well, everything's handcrafted, and it takes a lot of time. I'm sorry, but we're just not Amazon.com. Things take time to make. Right. That's a, that's our main thing. So if people want to get a loom and they order it, it how you, long it's made to order, so how long does it take? It depends how busy you are. Right now, we're, we're a tiny shop, and we're way backed up. So right now, if you were to place a loom order, you're looking at usually four or five months. Okay. Successories, about a month right now. Okay. Yeah. And your great grandfather was usually about a year behind. 
Oh, wow. Her. Yeah, yeah, he's using people would wait for it. Seriously, they a whole year? Oh, yeah, That's yeah, awesome. they put an order in, and he would, um, yeah, he would he just build a loom, but it took about a year. How many looms do you think he built? Oh, my goodness. Did he keep any kind of records of who he sold them to? And you know, the person that, I wish my aunt were here. Um, she would be the person to answer that. I don't know how many he made a month or a week. He didn't really mass produce. The closest he came to mass producing, he would make maybe 10, 10 pieces of, uh, what's that one? That called? Well, the beam. The beam, you know. And, oh, so he just make yeah, in bulk. And, and then... Yeah, and, and oil those down. But each room, you know, like my son does, each, each room was built from scratch. Um, so to answer that question, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Quite a few. <laughs> You know, 53 yeah. to, what, 53 to 73? Yeah, but uh, Fremont made a lot more than he did overall. Yeah. There's a lot more Fremonts out there. They tried to mass produce, didn't they? Pretty much. They had a lot bigger shop. Yeah. I think they had like a... Well, I think weaving picked up. He got out of it when, you said 71? In 73. 73. Or 73. Yeah. The 70s were huge for weaving. It was. So they oh. probably had that, like, a bigger demand that okay. picked up through the 70s. Did it fall off then? For it did. Yeah, and now it's picking back up again. Okay, because I wonder about Fremont. Is is must have gone under, right? Is they went out ninety one. Okay. So and there's kind of a drop because I'd say um, the seventies yeah. was pretty big, and now the tapestry weaving and all that's coming oh. back. A new generation, would you say, of weavers? Yeah, and I think it's a new generation of weavers, and also some people who didn't have time for it earlier yes. in their life getting into yeah. it. Okay, people like my age. Yeah, I, yeah there are a few in their twenties. I. I've seen. There's actually quite a few in their yeah. 20s that are starting to weave. Well, I hope that this brings some interest to your business. I hope so, too. And, and I really uh, appreciate and your help. things will uh, yeah. pick up. Well, I really want to thank Mike and Terry for hosting me in the garage um, <laughs> to see the looms. And uh, I got to see the workshop and all the old tools, so I took some photos. You can see those at craftsanity.com. I also have links to the McGar Norwood loom company website so you can check things out yeah and so like i said you know uh mike is kind of taking a break to get things up and running but uh you can still communicate with him through facebook i'll put a link to the facebook page so feel free to to send a message uh, i think it's what's really helpful for loom makers is when people let them know what they wish loom, their loom could do uh, sometimes that can be a great source of inspiration to create something new. I know and my looms are not floor looms. I do not do this kind of intricate woodworking that Terry and Mike do. I'm kind of on a whole other level as far as, and it's a lower level. <laughs> they want to make it sound like I'm better at woodworking. Clearly I am not. Um, but they, they do a really fantastic job. And um, what could be really helpful to them is just hearing you know, what do you guys want? You know, what do you want the next generation of Norwood looms to be able to do? And um, it sounds like Mike's a pretty adventurous woodworker, so he's he's kind of up for anything, it sounds like. Who knows? Maybe we'll team up for a, a supersized outdoor loom project for Art Price someday. I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to that. But for those of you out there that are interested in connecting, um, I'll make sure the links are there. And if you have a story about something that you're maybe trying to revive a company, um, if you have a family handmade story to share, or, you know, anything else that you think would be an interesting story to share on this podcast or in a in, a, in written form, I, um, I'm going to be working on, uh, and it's been kind of a slow process. I My column in the Grampus Press ended back in 2015, but I used to, every single week, go and interview people like 
Terry and Mike who here in Michigan, and I drive around and go do studio visits and you know, woodshop visits and you know just people. I'd interview people at their kitchen table if that's where they do their work. Um, so incredibly fun, and I still run into people all the time who are like, "Oh, Jennifer, you know, I, I really wish you were still doing that." And I don't think any of them wish I was still doing that more than I wish I was still doing that. So um, I have a website, and um, my husband just helped me revamp that. So I'm uh, still making some improvements, but uh, I'm excited about the fact that it just looks um, a little bit cleaner than it did, and it needed an update, and I'm looking to carve out time for me to get back on a writing schedule. Um, I'm not going to worry so much about the financing of that to start. I'm going to just start writing and see what happens. But I'm excited about that. And stories like this are exactly the kind of stuff I'm looking for. So feel free to email me, jennifer at craftsaturday.com, if you have a story idea. Uh, If you're in Michigan, I make a lot of trips over to Detroit, where I'm from, because I I go there to visit my family quite frequently. um, And I am all over the West Michigan area. So um, if you're in Michigan, there's a good chance we could meet in person for an interview if... um, you know, my schedule worked out and your schedule worked out. Uh, if you're further away, um, I do a lot of interviews by long distance, so that's not a total barrier. So anyway, I've talked long enough. I'm going to let you guys get on with your day. I'm going to do the same. I already have another interview recorded. I'm really excited to bring that one to you. So, uh, And that one won't take as long because it's already recorded. Just have to do an intro. So check back here soon. In the meantime, craft sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at CraftSanity.com to donate $1 a month or buy a handmade loom or magazine at CraftSanity.etsy.com. Same time.